Today, the church celebrates Good Shepherd Sunday, as well as a world day of prayer for vocations. Henri Nouwen said that one's vocation is about listening and responding to that place within us where our deepest desires align with God's desire for us. This is a wonderful image of the vocation of a good shepherd. Because a good shepherd is one who leads by example, not by external credentials, but by the sanctity of their own lives. Over the years, the church believed it had to find the right strategy to promote vocations to the religious life. And there is truth in that. But in terms of drawing people into a deep religious commitment of any kind, the church discovered that strategy was not necessarily the ultimate issue. What became the ultimate issue was that all people must find a depth of commitment and sanctity within their own lives. Whether we are priest, prophet, or king, married, single, or parent, a vocation is a call from God to live a life of holiness, and everyone is called to live a life of holiness. Simply put, for those who profess to be committed to a life of holiness, we need to give our lives over to God in a deep enough way so that we have the right and the power to call others to give themselves over in the same way. Because only someone who has given their life over in self-sacrifice has the power to ask the same of another. This can be best explained by an example. Mother Teresa had a great power in drawing young women and men into community and drawing others into a deeper faith commitment. She didn't do this by any clever strategy, nor did she do it by any exceptional theology. She did it by the power that was created by the depth, honesty, and joy of her own commitment. Quite simply, her life was her authority, and the world knew her by the depth of commitment and the sanctity of her own life. She had the power and the right to call others because she had given herself over deeply enough. And on many occasions and before tens of thousands of people, Mother Teresa would simply say that God loves you. And people would break down in tears as if they've never heard that before. Why? Because it's not what is said that gives a message its power, but rather who is saying it. So it is no accident that today's readings speak about sheep and shepherds. Because sheep will only follow their shepherd if the shepherd is committed in self-sacrifice for the good of the flock. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, and a good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. 
A shepherd, then, is a symbol for leaders, be it priests or religious, but also teachers and parents. And I especially wish to reach out to parents today who on many levels have suffered for their children because we are talking about people who have influenced the lives of others. And the way these shepherds relate to people relate whether they are true shepherds or not. But here's the key. True shepherds are true shepherds if they can leave people more than when they found them. True shepherds are true shepherds when they can leave people more than when they found them. And they are capable of this because they know people by name. By name means that true shepherds know their inner potential and adjust their voice so that this inner potential can hear them. In this way, the voice of the shepherd is never the voice of a stranger. Teachers, leaders, parents who are true shepherds are really artists of human development. But if anyone has ever been instrumental in awakening life in another person, they know that it always comes at a cost. Shepherds who lead others through Christ accept as their vocation will lead them inevitably to a kind of suffering. However, it is a suffering that does not diminish our humanity, but rather fulfills it. It is a suffering that liberates us from our false illusions of ourselves and gives us voices of truth. Our second reading from Acts of the Apostles says of Jesus that he is the stone rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. The stone rejected has become the cornerstone referring to the image of God's love that is self-emptying, self-abandoning, self-surrendering. It is ultimately that image of God who emptied himself in the incarnation. Scripture tells us that in Christ, God offers us a love so pure, so self-emptying, and so understanding of our weaknesses that it is offered without demand. Therefore, to suffer is to empty oneself for the sake of the other, for the love of the other. A 12th century theologian, the mystic Richard of St. Victor described love this way. He described love as the ability to see oneself in the other until there is no other. This is what God is so desperately trying to tell us, that there is no other. There is only one. So to suffer then is to risk all for the sake of love. And the shepherd's power does not come from a position of power. Rather, it comes from a position of powerlessness, from vulnerability. Because Christ dies for us physically, we are to die for others selflessly. And to die selflessly, 
is to die away to our egos, to illusion, to selfishness, and to anything that is self-serving. We must stop listening to a culture that would have us cry and complain about everything. If love is to die for each other, then we have to stop crying and start dying for each other. In the spirit of the shepherd who lays his life for the sake of the one, let us celebrate this commitment as we share in this Eucharistic banquet. And within this celebration, let us pray especially for our Holy Father, our bishops, and our priests, who are our priestly shepherds. And let us pray for our leaders, teachers, parents, and all others who in their lives have influenced the lives of many and have left us more than when they found us.